Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Emily Langer with us, and she is the wife of my first cousin who was my first guest, episode one, Ryan Langer. So Emily, go ahead and come on in and introduce yourself. Um, we haven't ever actually met in real life, we think. Yeah, we're pretty pretty sure. I don't think so. I think I've missed you every time. <laughs> yeah, but we... Um, so Ryan and I share a grandmother and they were actually living, um, in the same home with my grandma for a little while before she moved into an independent apartment. Um, go ahead and tell your story. Why don't you just kind of go back? You're working from home in a hybrid situation. You want to talk about how long you've been working from home and some of the other things that you did leading up to that? Yeah. So let's see. I have done a lot of job hopping over the years. (laughs) I started with a philosophy degree in college. So, I mean, I had a very clear career path naturally. Um, That's sarcasm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, but I, yeah, I've worked in the IT industry for over 10 years now. I'm losing track at this point of how many years it's been and I don't want to count. Um, But I have worked from home kind of hybrid on and off in different jobs. Um, My very first job, actually, they allowed us to work from home one day a week. So that was my first introduction to it. And I loved it and I wanted more of it immediately. of course, that was before I had children and, you know, so it, it worked a little bit better then. It was a little easier, I, I feel like. Were you married at that time? Yes, I was. Or we had just gotten married um, when they instituted that policy. Yeah. Was that in the little greenhouse in Austin? So that was with the job hopping. We've also moved like nine times in the last 10 years. So (laughs) that was in our first apartment um, in St. Paul. It was a one bedroom apartment. I had a little desk set up in the living room. It was right next to the TV. Ryan wasn't usually home. So it worked out that I, you know, had the, it was me and the dog. And so it was really easy to just focus and, you know, get up and do laundry and that kind of thing. I, I just loved the relaxed pace of it and not having to get dressed up for work. And yeah. And, and then he has been working from home for many years now too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He started working from home. Gosh, I think it, it was when I started doing Mary Kay. So it was five years ago, four years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So I forgot to mention that you're in Minnesota and um, yes. it's, flipping cold in Minnesota. Um, There's a snowstorm outside right now. I'm looking at it. Yeah, that's what you said. That's one of the reasons that you had some availability today. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I normally work from home now on Mondays and Fridays, uh, which just worked out today. It's a Friday and there's a major snowstorm coming through. (laughs) Yeah. um, The other side of my family, my mom's side of the family was supposed to have a big like extended family holiday gathering kind of Thanksgiving and Christmas merged thing. Um, tomorrow and they I think they called it yesterday they're like yeah just wait till January now that's not gonna happen yeah (laughs) we are kind of on the fence right now about whether or not we're gonna try to make it up for the holidays um uh, my kids are like practicing wearing like gloves and jackets and things which um, (laughs) I I have one kid who literally goes to school sometimes wearing two or three winter coats and it's just oh my gosh it's it's like 65 degrees here you know yeah um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or hotter sometimes in the morning, like it'll dip down to like 40 every once in a while. But like uh-huh. the house, we haven't turned the heat on and it's still like 72 in the morning. <laughs> so like, yeah, the house yep. temperature is still warm. Uh, yeah. But uh, you have lived kind of back and forth between Wisconsin and. Yeah, Minnesota? I, I, have, I have moved a lot. <laughs> uh, so I was technically, I was born in Minnesota. Um, we moved to Wisconsin when I was nine. Um, but it was really, it was right on the Mississippi river. Uh, so we lived on the border of Minnesota, Wisconsin, essentially. And most of my friends were in Minnesota because we were only 10 minutes across the bridge. Uh, so it, yeah, I, Minnesota, Wisconsin, I say I'm from Minnesota. Yeah. It's kind of funny because Ryan was born in Wisconsin and mostly grew up in Minnesota and I was the opposite. That's (laughs) right. Okay. That's right. Um, Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about what are you doing right now? 
for work. This is a yes. newer position for you. Yes. So right now I'm in a new position while well, newish. I started almost a year ago, January, January 1st. Um, I started at Metro sales here in Rochester. Oh, wow. um, and I'm in sales. I'm selling copiers, printers, and computer software for document management. Um, so if your eyes are glazing over, I mean, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not super sexy to sell that kind of stuff, um, but it's really essential for a lot of businesses to be able to run efficiently. Um, and so I'm, I've just been spending the whole year getting to know businesses in the area and making connections and building those relationships. So it's been fun. So- Metro sales, is it like a storefront with the sales uh, floor? Is that how you say it? I never have been in sales before. Yeah. So our headquarters is actually up in the Twin Cities. And so they have a big fancy showroom up there. The Rochester office is quite small. There's only five reps here um, and a few service techs. Uh, so we don't have like a really nice office that I invite people to. I prefer to go out and see their office instead. <laughs> All right. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll sit in a cubicle when I'm in the office three days a week. Otherwise, okay. yeah, I'm out and about meeting people. Uh, how much of your time are you like on on the ground getting out there versus sitting in that cubicle on those three days? Yeah. So... Typically, I try to have at least one, maybe two meetings a day when I'm in the office. Um, Otherwise, I'm sitting in my cubicle on the phone or doing emails, working on quotes, that kind of thing. So it is quite a bit of computer work. Is it a pretty hyper local business? Like, are you just basically serving that Rochester, Minnesota area right now? Yeah, so I have a territory that is um, basically encompasses the south side of Rochester all the way over to Winona and down towards Iowa, but all in Minnesota. (laughs) Okay. And what kind of work are you able to do from home on the Friday and Mondays? Yeah, so because of COVID, business practices have really changed a lot. So I do a lot of virtual meetings. I had two um, Teams meetings today, we, we don't use Zoom, we use Microsoft Teams, which is, I, I prefer Zoom, but you know, I'll deal with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I had a couple of virtual meetings this morning. Um, and so I'm able to do those from home as long as I have, you know, a reasonably quiet space. <laughs> um, and then, you know, otherwise I'm doing a lot of emails and phone calls and th- things like that, which can be done from anywhere. So I know something about your family. I know that you just moved, like we just, just moved a week ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, was it like right after Thanksgiving? It was December 1st. Yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah, 10 days ago. So you were packing up while everyone else was unpacking their like Christmas stuff. Yes. Yes. Um, But I've also (laughs) seen pictures and you've already got like a pretty well-established, uh, apartment and including mm-hmm. decor. So yeah, decorations. I'm impressed. And then the reason that we're having this interview right now is because this morning you basically posted and said, well, I'm working from home two days a week and, you know, we're in a two bedroom apartment right now. So I have a folding table. Why don't you go ahead and tell them what you. Yeah. So we majorly downsized our last place, um, was a big three bedroom townhouse, um, with a full basement and a big garage and we had all sorts of stuff and we're a three person family. It's myself, Ryan and our six year old. Um, And so we really, I am very much a minimalist. I, well, I aspire to be one anyway. (laughs) And so the more that I can simplify, I feel like it de-stresses me and, you know, allows us to focus on things that we really care about um, when we're not just dealing with our house and our stuff. So going down to a small two-bedroom apartment here in Rochester, which we wanted to get to Rochester to be closer to my office because I was commuting 45 minutes every day. I know that commute. I've talked about it before. It can be a deadly commute because Interstate 90. It's really bad. Mm -hmm. From Austin, Minnesota, home of spam. Yes. um, (laughs) To Rochester, um, home of Mayo Clinic. uh, That stretch of highway is just particularly terrible especially mm-hmm. in the winter with blizzardy yeah. weathers. Okay. Just to put it in perspective, there's like how many hundreds of windmills flanking both sides of the mm-hmm. interstate there. And yep. the reason is because it's windy. And if you get dry snow and wind all mixing together, it's like whiteout conditions. So yep. Scary. 
Yeah. It's a terrible drive in the snow. That is why I moved to Missouri. I, I had a winter that was so bad that I was like, I can never, ever do that again. Yep. Yep. That's why my, my parents are in Arizona now too. They're in Tucson and yeah, they couldn't get out fast enough. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, we moved into this smaller space. Uh, I'm pretty much unpacked at this point, which I'm really proud of myself. I've been spending every spare minute just organizing stuff, putting it away. I think I have like two boxes left to unpack. Um, and yeah, I still this have morning, boxes from 10 years ago to unpack. <laughs> right. That's how it was in my last house. But when you're in a smaller space, it really forces you to get organized. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so this morning I was really excited to figure out my home office situation. Um, and I had this little black folding table. It folds in half into this little tiny square, probably like a two foot by two foot square. So it's like four feet when you unfold it. Um, it's a nice height for me and it's really all I need. Like, like I said, I'm an aspiring minimalist. And so all I have on my desk is my laptop, which is up on a riser because I'm tall. I'm five, nine. (laughs) So I need it up high. Otherwise my back kills me. Um, I have a wireless keyboard and mouse. I have a wrist rest thing, um, for my keyboard and my mouse got my water bottle, my coffee cup and my notebook for writing in. And like, that's all I need to work. Um, I'm impressed. That's good. How's that chair? The chair is not great because <laughs> this is one of my dining room chairs. It's a $15 Ikea chair. I have a little memory foam cushion pad on it, um, which is okay. And I, I generally have pretty good posture, but this isn't ideal for eight hours. So I do try and get up every hour or so and do something. (laughs) When I did Ryan's interview last year, I think it was like Labor Day that we recorded and he was my first interview, which was really interesting, but we talked a lot about his chair and Mm -hmm. he had been in a kind of a crappy old chair. I think he said, (laughs) um, and his, his problem was the opposite problem. He's like me, like what? Five foot two, five foot three. Yeah. I think he's five, three. Yeah. So yeah, we're the same height then. And that's yep. just kind of, so it's not probably very easy for you guys to share. We cannot share a desk. No, <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, I, I can't get in the car when he's been in the car. Like that's right. Our, we, we're five inches difference in height. And so that difference can be extreme when deciding on furniture and things like that. Yeah. I think my husband and I are about that same height difference as well. And yeah, the, the chair, the, the car seat, everything is like, mm-hmm. um, I like to borrow his chair cause it's much more comfortable <laughs> than mine. Um, I still have it upgraded. Uh, but I think he actually kind of adjusts his height cause it is adjustable. Um, mm-hmm. every time he down, cause I think he lowers his chair at the end of the day in order okay. to be able to tuck it under his desk. And so like, oh. I don't feel too bad if I sit in yep. and kind of like screw it all up. I don't want right. to like mess with someone else's like lumbar support or like tension right. or stuff like that. Yep. But height, you know, that's something that's height, pretty yeah. easy to just up and down. Mm-hmm. And something else I know about you is uh, I read an article or a blog post that you wrote years ago now about your minimalist uh, capsule wardrobe, which it was actually yes. the first time I had ever really heard of that concept. And okay. I was going to ask, do you still do that? Absolutely. I love my capsule wardrobe. Um, So I was first inspired to do that when we lived with your grandmother because we had no closet space. I think we had a small closet. It was like 36 inches and we both had to share it. And I have been a clothes girl for my entire life. My daughter inherited it from me um, (laughs) where we just love shopping. We love clothes. We love like feeling beautiful. (laughs) Um, so it was a really big challenge for me to like figure out how to use that closet. And so I started Googling ideas and I came across project 333, um, which she has her own blog. I can't remember what it's called, but if you Google project 333, you can find her Courtney Carver. Um, she has a couple of great books too. Um, and When I learned about this capsule wardrobe thing, my mind was just like, oh my God, like I can finally be intentional about what I'm wearing and really curate my style and 
save so much money and save so much space in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I absolutely still do that. Um, Ryan, I think just naturally does that because he's not, he doesn't care <laughs> as much. See, I think I wear a capsule right. wardrobe, but I still have the other clothes. And I'll be right. honest, my weight has fluctuated up and down several times since I started. Right. Everyone. Yeah. And it, at times I'm like, I need to just get rid of my big old clothes. Cause I don't want to ever be that size again in my life. <laughs> and then when I am that size again, I only have like one thing. So I'll just wear that until I, you know, either acquire something else or until I change sizes again. Right. And so like, if anybody watches the video of my podcast, you'll see, I, I cycle through, you know, a lot of the same outfits mm-hmm. or a lot of mixed into matching, you know, the, yep. the cardigans, like the all wear my cardigans are amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know it probably makes me look older than I am or whatever, but, um, nah. yeah, it is what it is. Like when you know what you like, you like it and you use it. And exactly. I think capsule wardrobes are so much about just owning you know, what you like to wear. And I feel like the older we get, the more we prioritize comfort. (laughs) Um, I know that's been true for me anyway, um, to the point where, yeah, I'm going to wear leggings and a cardigan every day, as long as I can, because that's just what I want to wear. And I just have to own it at a certain point and say, this is what I like. One of the things I remember from that article that you wrote is that, you know, it kind of gives you a little bit more space to maybe select higher quality items. It does. It really does. And that can make such a big difference. Cause I mean, I used to buy all of my leggings and cardigans, you know, at Goodwill, right. Mm -hmm. Which nothing wrong with that. I still shop at Goodwill all the time because Mm -hmm. you can find this week there. Yeah. I need to interview clothes in an hour and I had a whole outfit in an hour. Absolutely. For like 20 bucks. Right. Like, so Yeah. I love thrift shopping. Um, but a capsule wardrobe, yeah, it allows you to focus on quality over quantity, which is something that I focus on in every area of my life. Like I, I always ask myself, am I doing this? Am I settling? Like, is this a quantity decision or is this a quality decision? Like, how can I ask myself that? Um, and it kind of goes back to my, yeah, it's that minimalist mindset of, you know, I, I want my life to be aligned with my values and, for me, that's what minimalism is all about. And working from home is part of that. Mm-hmm. Well, along with that, talking about the clothing, um, well, obviously, if you if you work from home, you, you can use your leisure clothes more. But mm-hmm. um, just in terms of like that fast fashion and the waste that that whole culture just generates, mm-hmm. like it makes me really feel good about the fact that I can rewear my clothes in that. Yes. Actually, going back to Goodwill. There's a lot of variety of quality yeah. there and you can find yes. some high quality stuff. I Absolutely. think the shirt that I wore for my interview the other day was like Ann Taylor and it, it made mm-hmm. me feel good and mm-hmm. I liked it and I, <laughs> they didn't have the dressing rooms open. So actually I was yeah. like, um, I'll just tell my story. I, w- I had my arm covered with like three blazers, three pairs of dress pants and one dress shirt. And mm-hmm. I was going to go to the fitting room and it was it was closed it was like all the fitting rooms are closed due to you know COVID-19 I was like crap so I put them all up on the um on a hanging rack where normally people would put their rejects after trying them on um next to a mirror and I just like whipped off my outer sweater (laughs) in the store I had a undershirt um and I just tried on all the blazers and they all fit and as I was doing that I got another phone call for another job offer and um the guy was like would you like to come and meet us tomorrow it was, um, it was a job that I applied through for, through our school district. And okay. So I actually will be working on site a little bit in the next semester. It's temporary. Um, yeah. and he was basically offering the job to me and I was like, did you want to meet me? Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, I had my interview, my other interview, like in an hour and I'm still needing to find my outfits and I'm talking to this yeah. guy and like trying to coordinate. And when I saw the sign, I basically just put everything back on my arm and I just like bought it all. So $72 is including a pair of boots. I had three blazers, three pairs of pants and a dress shirt and a pair of boots. Yeah. Wow. And you you like, if you go to DSW, you can't get a pair of boots for $72. (laughs) Yes. I like them too. Um, But the thing is, is that if you find something that you know that is going to be high quality, you can hang on to it for several years rather rather than it just like dying on you in a few minutes. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And so did that whole 
portion of your life that kind of like, I mean, her house, she did have a basement in there, um, yes. but it was not a big house. So did that kind of like, no. is that where the, the minimalism started? It really did. Um, so Ryan and I, we lived in one bedroom apartments prior to that in the city. Um, and then, yeah, we moved in with her and she, I think it's a three, it was a three bedroom house with a bathroom upstairs. And, but then the shower was in this kind of half finished bathroom in the basement. Um, and so it was a struggle to kind of integrate our stuff with her stuff. And we were only there for six months. Um, I'll, and I'll just say it. My, my grandma, okay, had many, she had many years of things, many years. Know. Yeah. And she had had several children and, you know, mm-hmm. just a lot of like memorabilia and photos and collectibles. Yes. There were, yep. just, you know, there probably wasn't a lot of space for you. There wasn't. Um, and we, <laughs> right. And we helped her like clean out the house because she was getting ready to move. Um, she mm-hmm. kind of knew at that point that she was going to be moving soon. Um, so we did help her clean out, but I, yeah, I remember that tiny little closet that I was telling you about, there were a sh- bunch of shelves in it. And I pulled out, I kid you not, I think five accordions were up mm-hmm. in that closet. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe it. I was like, who has this mm-hmm. many accordions? Yeah, my family. <laughs> you know, your side of the family, it makes sense. Yep. Yeah. So um, that, that room that you guys, I think, lived out of was my grandfather's like office slash mm-hmm. storage room slash you know, yes. workshop slash um, yep. all of his hopes and dreams were like also, I mean, I think it was a big deal when they cleared out that room uh, yes. when you guys were coming. So yeah. Yeah. There's a lot yeah, of memories it was in there. So <laughs> many memories. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was really the beginning of minimalism for me because I mean, I tried it. I told myself, you know, this is temporary, so I'm just going to try it. And so we had most of our stuff in storage in the basement and, you know, we pretty much, we, we used that bedroom and then we had our couch in the living room and then we just kind of used her stuff, mm-hmm. um, and just lived together that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it really started our minimalist journey. I, I, I shouldn't say our, it was mine. <laughs> Ryan isn't much of a minimalist naturally, but he's kind of gotten on board over the years just because he sees, you know, how much less time we spend on our stuff in our house. Um, and how much more time we can spend together and traveling and doing the things that we love. Uh, so that's been an amazing journey. And I think part of it, you know, it, it showed him that he could make decisions to work from home and start his own yeah. business and things like that, which have been amazing for our family. I am the opposite of a minimalist, uh, but I'm not like really a collector of like, you know, sentimental things. I just have yeah. things, you know, accumulate, but I went through a pretty huge decluttering project where we were empty. Our, our garage was like a storage unit. Yeah. And, um, I had some friends who shared the gift of time with me and just sat with me and wow. working through like the sludge of toys. I know you have one child, I have three mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, we don't really do like McDonald's toys or something like that. But at some point, you know, maybe every family ends up with something like this, but there's Absolutely. just going to be like a box that has like all those little, like when people give party favors at birthday parties and it's just like yes. cheap plasticky stuff that breaks really yeah. easily. You know, you end up with these like little parts and pieces and like, I don't know. I call it the toy sludge. Yes. Yep. It's just like, and like we start picking through the sludge and thinking, you know, like, well, this is a game piece that belongs to the game. And that game isn't going to be valuable to anybody unless this piece gets back to it. So we're going to make sure, you know, we get all the pieces together. It's emotionally exhausting it to is. sort through even just a box like that because you have it to like, remember and think and like plan mm-hmm. and like decide. And mm-hmm. um, so, like, the less I have to do of that in the future, probably. The right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It is emotionally overwhelming. I mean, we just, we just downsized a lot of stuff and yeah. Unpacking is so much easier than packing because yeah. as you're packing, you're thinking, do I actually need this? Does this go to yeah. Goodwill? How can I recycle it? Does it need to be thrown away? Like, will Mina want this? Will she not? You know, and the, you know, that kind of thing where you're yeah. constantly making all these decisions, you get that decision fatigue. Um, it's, it's amazing how much of an emotional weight is involved in our stuff every day. Mm-hmm. It's and we paperwork. Um, we've been having this conversation yeah. in our family 
you know, over the years, like we'll go through a pile of papers and we'll sort out all of the junk mail and all of the, um, and we'll be like, this is, these are Christmas cards or letters that we want to hang on to, like handwritten things from my grandparents who have died. Um, you know, things like that. And, um, you know, these are bills that need to be taken care of. And this is, these are cute little pictures that the kids drew that, you know, say, I love you, daddy. And they're like, yeah, handwriting. Like we got to say, we want to frame that one. Right. Um, And all these little stacks, right. That we we went through this box of papers and we sorted all the stacks. And then, and then a few days later, we needed the kitchen table back and we stacked all the stacks on top of each other and put it back into a box. And now we're having like to think about what are we going to do with these boxes and like what kind of mm-hmm. filing system are we going to establish? Um, yep. And we started, but it's yep. going to be a journey. And I told my husband, I'm like, this is going to be maybe a project that we're going to like have to just like really work on for this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can't right. say like this month. Cause it's, it's a, it's probably going to be like, you know, every few weekends we'll hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we can get something established, then it's going to be like a right. little pilot in the future yeah. and we won't ever have to go through this part. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something my aunt shared with me, um, when we first had our daughter was she, she actually bought me this little box. It's not super little. It's a decent sized box, um, that sits up on my daughter's shelf in her closet. And every time like she'll draw one of those special pictures or she has like a cool homework thing that she makes with Ryan, um, or anything like that, or like I put all of our Christmas cards, I just slip them in there as, mm-hmm. as they happen. And, uh-huh. you know, I, when it starts getting a little bit full, then I know I've got to take it down, sort out some things that maybe are less important now that, you know, in the scope of things I can see, you know? Um, but yeah, generally like she has this one little box and Ryan has one tote of, like this is his childhood stuff that he wants mm-hmm. to save. And I had a tote, I had like two totes um, before we moved because I had, you know, that third bedroom, which I used as my office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to really go through that office and decide, you know, what's important to me. And so, like you said, like going through old letters, I had saved, gosh, I, I think every card my great grandparents ever sent to me and they're no longer with us. And yeah. so, reading through all of those cards. I, and I took the time to like sit down and read every single one of them. I had like a big glass of wine and a box mm-hmm. of tissues and read through all of them. And then just, you know, I sorted out the ones that were really, really special. And I put them in my one box that I have now of memorabilia. And then, yeah, everything else, I just, I had to say thank you for the joy that you brought me and it's time to go. Um, and it's just, it's mm-hmm. such a, it's hard and it's cathartic and it's, you know, all sorts of emotions when you do that. Yeah. My brother, uh, my, I have a brother who has been helping my mom go through kind of her own little decluttering mm. adventure right now. Um, they're kind of resorting. I'm the oldest of 10 kids and they had a three bedroom house and then they uh, yeah. converted their two bedroom, two car garage into a pretty huge bedroom uh, yeah. for my sister and her son originally. And then at one point, I think I had three of her brothers living in there. Yeah. Um, it's actually kind of like another living room, almost like a mini apartment without like the kitchenette type thing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they're kind of just like rearranging some bedroom stuff. They're doing some renovations in the house. There was like a leak or something and they've had to do some repairs and like, yeah. You know, so one bedroom was out of commission for a little while and some people were sharing and kind of sorting things around and they're just help, he's helping my mom go through stuff and they're getting to the part where they're hating the photos mm-hmm. and my brother was like okay so most of the photos are of the first three kids um and I said you know why because after that yeah. I became the photographer I yeah. when I was in um college I took a lot of the photos of my youngest brothers and sisters and I probably mm-hmm. have them and so yes. I have like big totes, two huge totes of just photos. I, I yes. did wedding photography and things like that for a while. Okay. And so my brother bought a scanner, like a really nice one. There he, you go. He um, was looking at Facebook marketplace and he's like, Ooh, I can find a pretty good one for like $125. And then he did more research and he's like, so uh, I had some extra disposable income this year. <laughs> and so he bought a really nice scanner. Nice. And so we're going to probably kind of share with the family Mm -hmm. and go through my, my parents things and not just Mm -hmm. photographs, but you can also use it for documents and things. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, and then after, if we can come up to Minnesota, if we can get some of my mom's Mm -hmm. stuff, then it would mean that 
maybe I could take it back to Arizona with me and get through mm-hmm. our stuff right? Um, yep. and then pass it on to the next family member. And that will be a way even to get my kids paper, their beautiful artwork, their papers mm-hmm. from school scanned and even printed some of them into like a photo book, but they take up right. so much little space, right? Yeah. So much less space compared to like the actual bulky, you know, mm-hmm. watercolors right. and things like that. Yes. So we want to keep them, but we can't keep everything. Right. Yeah. Digitization is such an amazing tool for all of that paper clutter. And that, that was the biggest thing that I've learned over the years as I've started working from home a little bit more is, you know, I don't need that much paper for my job. I used to be the person to like print out every little thing. Um, and now all I carry with me is my laptop and this folio, which has, you know, my notebook and then some like brochures and stuff for my business. Um, and, you know, I'll print out a quote for a customer, but that goes in the customer's hands. Like I'm not keeping that around. (laughs) You have the copy. So, Um, right. I have the copies. So it, it does. Yeah. The, being able to go paperless in an office situation, especially a home office situation mm-hmm. is huge <laughs> because mm-hmm. a home office, it's so, so, so easy for it to get cluttered. Yeah. Um, and so the more paperless that you can be, the better. When I worked for Mayo Clinic as a teleworking transcriptionist slash medical documentation specialist, I think we read, eventually were given a new title when we started doing more voice recognition, um, editing. Mm. Uh, we couldn't print because uh, yeah. confidentiality, like we can't mm-hmm. like print that stuff. When we worked in the office, um, we were printing everything. Like yeah. I was job sharing with a woman who was older than me. Uh, she was nearing retirement as I was entering the workforce. Sure. And she, you know, we would have to preview, um, not preview. We would have to type the the doctor's notes and then we would have to review them to make sure like to do our own QA to make sure we didn't miss something. Yeah. Print them all. Wow. Um, Often, maybe not all, but sometimes I think um, more often than not, I think she felt it was easier to see in a paper and I get it. Like I like paper books. Mm -hmm. I have not really jumped on the bandwagon of digital books yet. Yeah. Which that would be a pretty cool step in my minimalist uh, (laughs) attempt. Those take up uh, a lot of space. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, paper. Mm-hmm. Teaching online, I didn't really need paper. That was nice. Right. For, yeah. For three and a half years. I mean, like, yep. even for the podcast, I have one page that has just like my previous episode. So I can just see like the episode number and the name and the title of mm-hmm. who I talked to. So if I want to refer to, yep. you know, I can just see it. Yeah. Um, otherwise I have like one post-it note. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's all I really It's amazing. Need. It, and it takes time to like change those habits, right? Cause it, it, when you do something the same way for so long and you're so used to using paper, like it, it can be really difficult for people to transition out of that. I know when I worked, um, at a small Catholic school in Austin, it was my job as a tech integrationist to get the teachers and the students using the technology a little bit more. And so one of my goals was for us to be a mostly paperless school. I knew that it was not possible as a school to be completely paperless. Like that is too lofty of a goal, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I knew that we could be much better than we were. Um, And so I taught teachers how to use the online turn in, you know, how teach your students to turn your papers in here. I still had teachers printing them out from there, but you know, it was, it was a step. <laughs> we went through some of that with the online school last year, you mm-hmm. know, they would send things home and then right. print them off and then yep. we'd have to scan it yeah. to be able to turn it back in. Cause they didn't want right. to email it. We had it. And it was a lot of steps. Like we would have to like, yep. take a picture of it. And then I would sit there like trying to fix the edges or something silly, right. like, correcting it, like turning yep. the page. And then I would have to, let's see, I would have to email it to my daughter, upload it into her drive, yep. find the assignment again and submit it. So, I mean, like digital yeah. stuff, and it made everybody tired. So eventually right. they did just print off the paper pack and they're like, if you can just bring this home and just turn it in. So I was just yeah. like, picking it up. So there are times that in mm-hmm. the middle of a pandemic, you're going to have to make an exception, but if it can be, um, easier to right there's 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 ways so one of there the um the position that I'm going to be taking next semester is um 
it's almost like being an online teacher in a classroom. Okay. I'll just be like doing grading. It's like for an alternative learning center. Cool. Um, And so I don't think I'll have, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to have to do much paperwork because I think it'll be typed or automatically graded. Yep. Unless it's just like correcting like actual written work, um, Mm -hmm. probably still like a Microsoft Word or something. Yeah, a lot of schools now are, you know, they'll, especially in an alternative learning center, which is usually middle school or high school, um, a lot of work is uploaded digitally. So they, you know, they'll do it in Google Drive or Word, upload it, and then there's in Schoology or whatever program the school is using, Mm -hmm. um, there are editing tools right in there that you can use to correct papers and, you know, make all your notes and things like that. So you don't even have to pull the document out again. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm excited about it. It'll be, um, I won't be working from home hundred percent full-time like I have for the past 13 years, but I still will, you know, have other projects here at home. Hey, um, speaking of which you, uh, you have been working in person at the school and, you know, as IT person, mm-hmm. at various places, but you were also yep. working from home when you were doing your um, Mary Kay. Do you want to talk a little yes. bit about, cause you had yeah. a home office and you had inventory yep. and all that stuff. Yeah. And that honestly, that my Mary Kay business was the main reason that we had a home office. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, the, the third but bedroom was share. Ab- absolutely necessary for that. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, I, I just made him work out of the living room because I mean, his, his two jobs, you know, he has his business that he runs and then he's the stay at home dad. So (laughs) he needs to be, you know, in the main living space, taking care of her. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I needed an office with a big closet to store all my inventory and, um, manage my business from there and shipping out orders and all of that fun stuff. So I needed the space to be able to do that. Um, my Mary Kay business taught me so much. (laughs) It was amazing to be able to learn, um, you know, how to be an entrepreneur within kind of a safe guideline in, you know, something people give MLMs a hard time, which is fair in many respects. (laughs) Um, however, I did appreciate all of the skills that I learned from being in Mary Kay because it taught me how to be a salesperson. It taught me how to manage my business finances. Um, it taught me how to find new customers. It, you know, it taught me so, so much. And it's the reason that I have the sales job that I have now. Right. Okay. It's because of all of those skills that I learned in Mary Kay. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a leader in Mary Kay too, I became a sales director. I had the car and everything. It was super fun. (laughs) Wow. Um, And, you know, that really helped me learn how to manage and lead other people as well. So, so many skills that I learned from that and working from home in that business, because I did run that business during COVID um, and learning how to do online parties and interact with customers that way. Um, it taught me a lot about working from home because I had to keep my office organized. I had to keep, you know, the ergonomics with my desk chair and things like that. Cause I was on the computer at that time. Cause I was working a day job and Mary Kay was working about 70 hours a week yeah. in front of a computer, um, yeah. which was rough on my body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my eyes started twitching and stuff after a while. And I told my eye doctor about it. He was like, you just need to get off the computer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I learned a lot, um, working from home with that job and managing that. Are you still balancing all these things? Are you still working those long hours right now? I am not. So like I said, at the beginning of COVID, I was doing all of that. Um, I was working 40 hours a week, in my day job, and then doing averagely 30 hours a week for Mary Kay, um, wow. between, between all the mentorship and, help, you know, helping my customers and holding appointments and things like that. Um, and I think what COVID showed me and my family is that we needed to reevaluate our priorities. Um, because all of a sudden, you know, COVID, you know, shutdown happened at the end of March and my Mary Kay business for a couple of weeks there just stopped because we weren't, prepared to shift to online quite yet. And, you know, my day job was, I was working at a public school at that time. So it was like chaos trying to get that all figured out. Um, 
And when the world just stops like that, it, it just makes you think about like what's important. Um, and, you know, all the fear and things that we experienced and, you know, now spending so much time at home. Um, and it made me realize, you know, how much I've missed out of my daughter's life, you know, for four years of her six-year-old life. Um, I was working 70 hours a week. Oh, wow. Um, so that, that was a really kind of painful wake up call to realize like she, even though she admired me and we had a good relationship, there were just, there was a lot that I was missing out on. Um, and so to be able to take a step back and say, okay, we recognize the financial need that we have, which is why I was doing Mary Kay. Right. Um, and we recognize that, you know, we need the money. So how do we do that while working less hours? Like, can we, can we find a way to work smarter, not harder? Cause I was doing the harder. <laughs> yep. I've done um, that. Yeah. I feel like we've all done that. And, you know, in the entrepreneur type world, or, you know, even just in, you know, mainstream workplace, that hustle culture is really a lot of pressure. <laughs> you it's know, it's almost like this badge of honor, like, oh, it I is. work 70 hours a week. And people yeah, I was like, bragging about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was bragging about it. Oh yeah. I'm so busy. I work 70 hours a week. I'm so successful, <laughs> you know? And that was some, like, that was not ever something that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, never exercising. I was eating junk food all the time because I was constantly on the road. So I just didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that all of my friendships were based around work, which was fine because like Mary Kay is really fun. I mean, we we're playing with makeup and like talking about like girl boss stuff. Um, but I realized, you know, that's not that's not real friendship, <laughs> you know. Um, your friendships can't be entirely based around your work. And so I kind of took a step back and I said, you know what, I'm just going to kind of pause and figure out what I want here. And so I, I majorly scaled back on Mary Kay last fall and I didn't officially step down until last winter from directorship. Um, but I, I just took a step back and said, you know what, I need to see how I feel not doing this and just take a break. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. um, And obviously my income from Mary Kay like tanked (laughs) because you're not working, you're you're not making any money. Um, And then I found this new job in Rochester, which would pay me a lot more than what I was making at the school district. Um, It had the sales background, which I really enjoyed from Mary Kay and all the skills that I had learned from that environment. It gave me the flexibility to work from home when I needed to. Um, So when I started, it was whenever you need to. Now it's, you know, two days a week. And if you need to, you can work from home more. Like if Um, there's a snowstorm, not on the Friday. If there's a snowstorm, yeah, you can stay home, you know. or Or if you've got a bad cold, like don't come in. Good. Yeah, so that kind of flexibility was hugely important to me. And just the culture of... You know, if your kid has a school play at two o'clock, go, you should be there, you know, and those are the kinds of things that I'm hearing from my boss, which is just such a huge change for me from that hustle culture, both of working at the school district and from Mary Kay, where it was like 24 seven hashtag girl boss, you know, like, (laughs) I mean, and there was a point in my life where I really loved that. And I really needed that. And I needed that confidence boost. And I needed that encouragement that, you know, I can do hard things, but now I'm at the point of, I can say, yeah, I can do hard things, but I want to do important things. And I want to do things that bring me joy and fulfillment and don't just deplete me. Um, And I think that's a different level of confidence to be able to get to the point of, yeah, I could do that. I don't want to, (laughs) and that's okay. (laughs) And I don't have to. And I don't have to. Yeah. And, and there is a certain amount of privilege in that I will admit, because I was able to get this new job, which did pay me more. So I don't have to work that number of hours anymore. Um, And I am passionate about the sales industry, being able to provide that to people. Um, Because when you're in a commission-based job, you can find ways to make more money. Um, and so that's something that I'm really passionate about too. But 
yeah, Mary Kay taught me so much. Um, and COVID really helped me to step back and realize it was time to move in a new direction and focus on my family a little bit more and focus on on me and my self-care too. And so now I've officially stopped doing Mary Kay as of a couple of weeks ago. I finally sold off the rest of my inventory right before we moved um, in order to prepare for living here. I have like one little box of Mary Kay stuff in that closet (laughs) behind me, um, which is going to be donated to the women's shelter sometime soon. (laughs) But um, yeah, but so now I'm focusing on, you know, board game nights with friends and being able to build relationships with my siblings, which I haven't had in years, or, you know, being able to call my mom when I'm not in the car and <laughs> things yeah. like that. And just being able to, you know, really focus on what's important to me and to us as a family and spend that time. Quality time has been huge for us during this kind of pandemic era of just realizing how much we need it because when we were isolated from people and didn't get quality time, you know, it made me realize, oh, I should have been taking advantage of that all along. Yeah. It, I know every family had a different experience during that time yeah. and some people bonded better than others maybe, but mm-hmm. I agree. Like we've, we've had a really good bonding time it, we weren't sad to put the kids back in school. <laughs> like we wanted them to be able to, you know, have other people in their life other than mm-hmm. literally just us. Um, right. When I interviewed Ryan a year ago, your daughter was just heading into online school. Like it was mm-hmm. just getting started. Is she yeah. doing that still now? She is. Yeah. And we have conversations about that all the time of, Hey, do you want to go to school? Do, would you rather stay home? And you know, as, as an only child, she has a lot of privilege <laughs> um, to be able to like be part of that decision. Cause I think yeah. if we had more than one kid, they probably wouldn't have as much say in that. We had um, a family conversation. We just said that everybody yeah. has to agree. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like this is a democracy and we all do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but for, for us, we really love that everybody's home and, you know, we, we do our best to get along. We don't always get along. Um, and just the flexibility that comes with doing online school. So kind of a fun fact about me is I actually graduated from an online high school. Um, I was homeschooled all the way up until high school. And then, um, in ninth grade, my parents put me in the first public online school in Wisconsin. Oh, wow. It gave me chills. I actually also was homeschooled for seven years, but okay. my senior year, I went to RCTC, the community sure. college of register. Yep. Yeah. And that was an option for me too, of being able to like go to a community college. We didn't have as many great options in Wisconsin. <laughs> um, so yeah, my parents put me in this online school and I loved it because my, like, kind of one of my biggest values is freedom and flexibility, which So working from home and doing stuff from home is huge for me because I like to be in control of my time. Um, And so in high school, I would get up early. I got up at like 6.30 or 7. I had, you know, my breakfast on the back porch with my cup of coffee and my onion bagel. Like that was me every morning in my pajamas. And I would go have breakfast with my parents on the back porch. And those are some of my fondest memories. And then after that, I would go upstairs to my room. I would get all of my schoolwork done by like noon in the afternoon. I didn't, I had a nannying job that I worked like 30 hours a week. I did the same thing. We had the same situation. Yeah. And it's a, it's an amazing experience for kids that it works for. (laughs) Um, And I will always say like, it really depends on the kid. If you're thinking about online school, if you're thinking about homeschooling or unschooling, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, um, it really depends on the kid. So for me, it worked really well because I was really self-driven and motivated by the idea that I got to control my time. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother, it didn't work quite as well <laughs> because yeah. he is more socially motivated, um, with, which, you know, that's a story for him to tell. But <clears throat> for my daughter, 
she is six and in first grade this year and she loves controlling her time too. <laughs> And so, you know, just today I was listening to them work on school in the background and, you know, Ryan said, okay, 10 minutes until we're going to sit down and do school. And um, she had spent the relaxing morning on all of her little creative, imaginative activities. And then this afternoon they were going to really hone in on school. And she said, oh, can I have an extra 10 minutes? And Ryan goes, okay, but we're setting a timer. And so, <laughs> you know, they, they're able to negotiate that and she's able to have all of this, uh, you know, creative flexibility being at home with him um, and, you know, being able to cater the content to her learning style too. Kind of that individualized learning is amazing um, in an online school. So, but we yeah. still have a structure of a public school curriculum. So it's the best of both worlds, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually just had a thought. It makes me wonder if um, people who were part of that like homeschool community or culture um, growing up might be more interested in working from home. I've that, often that, wondered that very often. When I interviewed for the, um, for this alternative learning center that I'll be helping at, um, there's so many reasons now that a student might end up in um, a school like that. And it's not just behavioral stuff. It's like, yeah. they might be working a full-time job. They might be, you know, like supporting their family. They might be, you know, a single mom. They might be mm -hmm. um, a lot of different things and, um, or just want the flexibility or just want to yeah. be on a fast track and graduate early. Like yeah. for, is, you know, for every single student, it's going to be a completely different story. Right. And you know, yeah. the, the old idea of like what that might've meant is like flipped. And I think I almost wonder, and I actually said this when I was talking to the, to the people I was talking to, <laughs> um, I wonder if, if now that the work from home culture has grown, if kids are seeing that and be like, I want that too. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I know that online school was not for everybody. I know right. it wasn't absolutely no. sucked for a lot of families. Yes but it worked really well for some kids. Yep. I have three kids and one of them liked it and one of them didn't. One of them was indifferent. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It really is so different for every kid. Um, my daughter is begging me to never put her back in school. I told her, well, as long as this works, we can keep doing it. But if it stops working, you're going to go back to school. <laughs> yeah. We just said when we had kids um, that we'll just reevaluate every year. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, every kid is so different. And for me growing up, yeah, my, so my dad worked out of the house until I was in high school. Really? Like and he then, was working from home back in the, what, 90s? Yeah. And then, yeah, then he started his own business and has been working from home ever since. He would actually be a good person for you to call. <laughs> well, set up. Because um, he's been doing it since before it was cool. I, um, yeah. I need to, I need to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get you in touch with him. Um, so yeah, I, I have fond memories of being in high school, you know, like I said, of, you know, having breakfast with my parents every morning and, you know, all five of us being home all day, every day, because we were all homeschooled and my mom was stay at home mom. And she, you know, had her little side businesses that she did too. And my dad worked from home. And so we had all this amazing flexibility with our time, um, one of my favorite memories is for recess every day, like we would watch mash, <laughs> <laughs> not the healthiest recess, but you know, it was a fun thing. Like that we all sat down as a family and, you know, had lunch and watched a funny TV show. Yeah. To be able to go on vacation in January when nobody else is going on vacation and it was so mm -hmm. much more affordable, um, cause we could take off whenever, um, do you think that your experience of being homeschooled like that made you want to navigate towards this kind of work? Yes, absolutely. I think it was a very subconscious thing that happened over time. Um, but I remember the first few jobs that I had, I, I struggled to be on time to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was never super late, but it was never like completely punctual. Okay. Um, and I hated being hourly because it was, yeah, somebody controlling my time. Um, and so after a few jobs like that, um, I finally, I talked to my dad and I said, dad, I think you guys broke me. Like 
I just don't want to work a normal job. I just can't. <laughs> well, I guess the difference between hourly and like a commission-based job would be mm-hmm. like, I can get my work done in a shorter amount of time, or right. I can get compensated better because I can right. produce faster. Yep, exactly. I get it. So that control over your income and over your time is amazing. So that's, I love the sales field for that. Um, and it, on top of that, being able to work from home, it's like the ultimate flexibility, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and now you, know, my brother works from home quite a bit. His wife works from home. My sister works in the healthcare industry, so she can't really work from home, but she, she doesn't have like a normal schedule you know, being in healthcare, she's working shift work and things. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's funny to see how all of us have grown up and picked careers that were more Mm non-traditional, um, and that we all crave that kind of flexibility because that's what we grew up with. You know, you can't have that flexibility and then suddenly rein it in. (laughs) That just doesn't, people don't like that. (laughs) It's a awakening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What, what skills have you learned along the way that, um, have helped you overcome some of the original struggles that you had? Yeah. So it's interesting because I sometimes wonder if I ever had kind of your stereotypical struggles with working from home because I was homeschooled my whole life. Because when you're homeschooled, you kind of have to learn those skills at a very young age of like, don't get distracted and your school's on your computer and so is your social media. And, you know, so I, I feel like I worked through some of those pitfalls in high school. But, you know, still it's easy to get distracted. But for me, I think the way that I think about it, I can get just as easily distracted at work. Um, And I I told my boss this on a number of occasions. Sometimes I think I get more done when I'm at home because I don't have my coworkers like on the phone all around me or, you know, they're making jokes or whatever, goofing off. Um, whereas when I'm at home, I just shut the door and, you know, yeah, sure. Once in a while, a six-year-old will come running in here or a cat's going to climb on my keyboard. But for the most part, I can control my space and time a little bit better at home. And when I am, you know, wasting time at home, I'm still doing something productive. I'm switching the laundry. I'm running the dishwasher. I'm, you know, wiping down the bathroom quick, which is going to give your eyes that break that you needed from the computer, which is going to make you a better worker in the long run. Exactly. And your body (laughs) versus like me standing up in my cubicle, having a half hour conversation with my coworker about fishing or hunting. I work with all guys. Um, and I mean, I like fishing and hunting too. It's just not my normal thing, but, uh, yeah, I could waste half an hour at work just chatting with my coworkers, or I could be at home switching, switching laundry. To me, it's like I my productivity is pretty much the same no matter where I'm at. Okay, um, yeah. Because you need that think, mental break. Yeah, you just, you need that mental break throughout the day. They say you should get up every hour or so for 10 minutes and just yeah. do something else. Um, and so to be able to do that at home, I feel like it's a win-win because... I'm not actually wasting time when I'm at home. I'm doing something else productive, you know, whether it's snuggling on the couch with my six-year-old or, you know, taking a stretch break to do the laundry, mm-hmm. you know, it, that's more productive to me than, you know, shooting the breeze with my coworkers. No offense to my it. coworkers. It's great, yeah. but. I get it. Well, yeah. and now you get a little bit of both. You're doing the right. hybrid thing and you yep. are able to make those connections with the people that you work with, but also right. the connections to the people who yeah. matter the most to you. Yeah. I love it. And I have realized that I need both because last winter, when I first started this job, we were fully from home when I started, um, which was really challenging for me because I was so used to going into the office every single day. Um, and so I felt actually confined at home. <laughs> like I, oh, yeah. I felt trapped. I mean, we, we all felt a little trapped last year, I think. Um, but yeah, so that, that was an adjustment for me. I think I've realized that I need that balance because I am a little bit extroverted. So I need the balance of going out and meeting with customers, seeing my coworkers, seeing my boss, but then also I need these days where it's just like, okay, I'm just going to hone in on all this paperwork that I have to do or these phone calls that I have to do. And I'm just going to get it all done with no distractions. Um, so it's been really nice to have that hybrid environments. And that's, that's my preferred way. I don't think I could 
work from home hundred percent of the time, just because of my personality. Yeah, I get it. I mean, like I have worked from home hundred percent of the time, but then you have to have different social outlets. Um, Absolutely. You know, I was helping run a book club and I would, you know, organize, you know, play dates and, you know, parent meetups yep. and like all these different things where I would be out and about in public, which is a skill that I also learned from homeschooling. It's like, yep. yeah, you're home a lot, but you still have friends. You still have right. social life. Yep. Um, has Ryan's tr- work changed at all in the past year and a half? Uh, he's working a lot more, (laughs) but Mina is also, is she, Mm -hmm. is she independent at all in her school or is she pretty one-on-one with him? Yes. She's still very much one-on-one. Cause I mean, at this point in first grade, she's learning how to read. She's, I mean, she's reading, but not independently at this point. So he spends probably half of his day working with her, um, about four hours a day on her school stuff depending on the day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then the other half of the day he's working on his stuff. And then he also does some stuff in the evenings after she goes to bed once in a while. So, um, if, whether it's meetings with clients or if he's, uh, play testing a game or something like that, um, Mm -hmm. he also work, uh, mixes his work and social life that way. Well, let me just say this because the title of his, um, his episode was learning to grow a business at home. And he does a lot of like project management and things like that, mm-hmm. but he's like a Dungeons and Dragons writer. Like he, yeah. he, play, he does cool stuff and like playing it's Dungeons and Dragons yeah. is part of his work. So if yes. you haven't listened to the episode, uh, it's going to be very different from my more recent ones. Cause I still had like my old map background and <laughs> <laughs> from when I was teaching ESL. Uh, but yeah, that's, it was, you know, a learning curve for me to learn how to podcast, but it was, um, an interesting, conver- interesting conversation too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So he's just working more. Is it the same stuff? Yeah. He's basically just kind of expanded what he's doing. I think, um, a year and a half ago, he wasn't doing Kickstarter consulting or he was just starting it. Um, but now that is almost the majority of his business is consulting on other people's Kickstarters and helping them have a successful Kickstarter. Um, yeah. So that was something that just kind of happened out of nowhere. Um, and he also did hire a, um, marketing assistant as well. So he hired his first person, which was really exciting this last year. Um, so yeah, his business is growing amazingly. Um, he's obviously had to shift gears a few times throughout the year as you know, the markets have changed and, um, demand for games has increased and shifted. So yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride for him. I wonder if your family would have chosen to do the online school, whether or not there was a pandemic. You know, that's something that we've talked about. I had always said that I didn't want it to be my default because, you know, sometimes you grow up homeschooled and you just get this like, man, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm never going to do that to my kids. Um, Even though it was a really positive experience for me, I think I thought that because I didn't want to be a stay at home mom. Mm. Um, That's not my thing. That's not where my strengths are. And so I, uh, I, I just assumed maybe this was a sexist assumption of me that since I wasn't going to be doing the homeschooling that we weren't going to homeschool. Um, um, I never considered the idea that Ryan might be able to do that. Sorry. Like keep talking over you. My husband also has expressed that he, he would love, that would be his dream to be a stay home dad. Yeah. I don't think I have that dream. I mean, like I actually, when I went through college, like I, we were talking about your, your degree. I have a degree in liberal arts. Yep. So music and art. And, um, I thought I was going to be like a stay at home mom and homeschool my 12 children. And, um, what was I going to do? I teach piano lessons. Yeah. My mom taught piano lessons. (laughs) Yep. And I did none of those things. I have three kids, by the way. Yep. Yeah. And I, that was my assumption too. When I picked my major in college was I'm going to be a stay at home mom and a pastor's wife. So I'm just going to study something interesting. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life clearly. Cause I thought, you know, I, that was my plan for my life. And then, yeah, my first couple of jobs out of college, I realized I really love working and I love this yeah. environment and I can't even picture myself staying at home. So yeah. And then, and then Ryan told me he wanted to be a stay at home dad and we were like, okay, well, we're doing this. Right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, have people come to you and been like, 
you've been working from home more, you know, do you have any advice for people that are thinking about working from home or, okay. I know everyone has worked from home or not everybody has, (laughs) but it seems like that any tips or tricks that you would like to share? Yeah, I would say, um, to be successful working at home, you really have to, um, learn how to compartmentalize your time and your space because boundaries are everything in every area of life. Right. Um, so being able to say, you know, this is my work area and work stays in this area. Um, and that means family stays out there, you know, and to be able to create that separation and have those understandings with your family, especially if you have children, Um, But then also just on your time of being able to say, okay, it's five o'clock, the computer closes, I close the door to my office, or for me, that means I fold all this stuff up and it goes under my bed. Mm -hmm. Um, And just being able to say, I'm, I'm not working anymore. I am not at work anymore. I'm at home now. Um, Because, yeah, otherwise you you just slip into that. Closing the folding table and still slip it on the bed is the end of your work day for you. Yes. Yep. What about Ryan? Is he in the living room again? He is in the living room. Yep. <laughs> um, and I would say that Ryan struggles with his, those boundaries a little bit more than I do. Um, it would probably be fun for you guys to have a follow-up chat on how he's doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I constantly tell him, hey, put it away. <laughs> okay. Well, um, and his his hours are shifted a little bit. His hours are got, shifted. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's what my husband and I have done for all these years is we've always kind yep. of had a little bit of overlap and a little yeah. bit of separation. And we didn't yep. really have very much need for childcare because we were trying to, you know, mm-hmm. cover it. Um, we did have some help at some point cause I was working nights and not sleeping enough. Mm. Um, but actually that episode, um, I listened to it today. I, let me see. It was episode is it 28. And you might enjoy listening to that one too, since you also were doing the nanny work when you were a uh, homeschooling teenager, yeah. which is what I did. Um, but that experience helped me in, in hiring help later eventually. Yeah, absolutely. So any final thoughts before we wrap it up? I think that's about it. This was really fun. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we got to talk. I would like to hang out with you in real life. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> We're going to make that happen now that I'm so. not working 70 hours a week. It should happen. <laughs> so if someone was interested in selling copiers and other office equipment yeah. in Rochester, Minnesota specifically, yes. yep. uh, where should they find you? Um, they can find me on LinkedIn. It's Emily Langer, L-A-N-G-R. There's no E in the last name. <laughs> I had that name um, for a long can- time. I know. Yeah. You're familiar. This the struggle. Um, but yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. We are hiring in Rochester right now and we are hiring in the twin cities. Um, and there's a really great starting bonus for anybody who's interested and they have a student loan reimbursement program, which is amazing. Student loan reimbursement. Yes. What? I know. Never even heard of it. It's amazing. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Emily. Um, I think that's it. I think just say hello to your husband and daughter, and I hope that we'll maybe see you in a few weeks, maybe. Sounds good. Well, hopefully the weather clears up for you to be able to drive up. Yep. Stay safe. Thank you so much. This has been Emily Langer with Abram Malone and Yes, I Work From Home, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks.